Hello and thanks for listening to the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. All opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the contributors and not necessarily those of either Beyond Radio or of Morecambe Football Club. This podcast has reached tens of thousands of people so far this season. If your business would like to reach those people in an extremely cost-effective way, you can drop me an email for more details to dave.salmon at beyondradio.co.uk. Salmon as in the fish. Or you can send me a private message on Twitter at dpsalmon. You can also support this podcast and our Shrimps Live full match commentaries on Ko-fi at ko-fi, that's ko with a k, dot com forward slash Shrimps Live. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. After... First half here at the Mizuma Stadium. That's the first time uh, that uh, MK Don's got him, but they did get in. They had man over, and Mo Issa is in the penalty area for Morgan. Flag stays down. Issa for oh, Issa for MK Don's. We've just been turned inside out there, quick as a flash, and that's why MK Don's are among the League One front runners this season. Ball down this left-hand side, and quick as a, as a flash, it was at the feet of Mo Issa. He turned one way. Then slipped it inside, 10 yards out, and slips it past Jockel Anderson to give the visitors the lead on 23 minutes. It's Morecambe nil, MK Dons won, perhaps against the run of play. I'd argue it is against the run of play, but for all the work that we've done in the opening 22 minutes, they go down the other end and, and really their, their second chance of the game, arguably, they've taken it, haven't they? So really disappointing, dis- disheartening as well from a Morecambe point of view. Matt O'Reilly 25 yards from goal into the feet it goes left hand side of Harvey draws it across the penalty area it's going to fall for Matt O'Reilly who shows real neat feet to work himself into a yard of space and then just curls it into the bottom left hand corner of Jockel Anderson's net to double the visitors advantage as quick as that five minutes before the break it's Morecambe nil, MK Dons 2. Oh dearie me that is a, a horrible goal to concede isn't it again perhaps too much space down the left hand side it falls to their man who, who twists and turns and just slots it so easily past Jockel Anderson and it's a it's a terrible way to end this first half after the way we started we started so strongly only as far as Gibson doesn't use his goalkeeper turns really well gets it back into the face of Shane Lebron great ball go on up and over and oh, oh no who reduced the arrears to 2-1 went for the first time chip over the keeper and that's a good turn behind by Andy Fisher for a corner much better from Morecambe I was fully expecting that to nestle in the back of the net but fair, uh, fair play to Andy Fisher he pulls off a good save from a, a first time Arthur Newhurst strike but like we say much better from Morecambe perhaps Arthur should have put his laces through it corner comes in it's going to fall from the oh, that was destined for the top corner I thought for all the world that that was going to nestle in the top corner and Andy Fisher has flew to his left hand side and turned it behind for another corner great save visitors lead the Shrimps by two goals to nil MK also have a corner it's over on their left hand side the Morecambe right it's taken right footed it's a real crowd scene there and it's nodded into the back of the net and that's going to be game set and match at 3-0 and it's the centre half Harry Darling and he was completely and utterly unmarked it was a free header past Jockel Anderson and you would have to think that that's probably that after 64 minutes it's Morecambe nil 
MK Dons three. Yeah, it's his uh, fourth goal of the season there for Harry Darling, and um, you got you got to ask the question again: Could we have cleared it? Bottom line, could we have made the first contact? Matt, we needed just to be tighter on him. It's as simple as just as simple as that. You cut and, and all three goals, we have gifted them. It's old habits that die hard. I, I keep coming back to it, Matt. It's that thing about. If we'd have won today, we could have been six. The six-point cushion between the bottom four and ourselves would have been really nice indeed. As it happens, we are going to be sucked right back into the mix again. Free kick taken quickly. Scott Twiney's inside the penalty area. The runner of Matt O'Reilly, who's curled it deliciously into the top corner of Jockel Anderson's net inside the last ten minutes to compound the Shrimps' miserable afternoon here at the Mazuma Stadium. Fine finish. It's Morecambe nil, MK Dons four. Yeah, unfortunately, it's game set and match for Morecambe, isn't it? If it wasn't, uh, if it wasn't the case at three 0 it certainly is at four 0 I don't know. I think the free kick taken quickly perhaps catches us off guard, and ultimately it's a nice finish on the lad. But we we can't afford to switch off at those moments. We need to be on our toes. Again, another. I mean, a great finish from O'Reilly, but we just didn't didn't pick up from the free kick. Taken quickly, we're half asleep. Yeah. Bish bash bosh, ball in the net, 4 0. And that is the, the harsh, cruel reality of League One. Perhaps you don't quite get caught out as much as, as like that in League Two. You certainly do in League One. You've got to keep switched on for every single second of every single game. And four times now, Morecambe haven't done that today. And four times we have been punished. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimp's Verdict on Beyond Radio. Obviously a really, really disappointing result. You know, we start the game first 15 minutes and create three chances by being positive, pressing them high up the pitch. For some unknown reason we decided to change that and stop dropping back, stop pressing. Players turn tricks when they should be getting a hold of the ball and get, keeping us involved in play. Um, and we got punished at two shots on target first half. You're 2-0 down, so... We made changes to try and chase the game and for 15 minutes, 20 minutes we went after them, won the ball back and had chances but the defending was poor again for the last two goals and that's what you get when you're playing a top of the league side and you can't afford to make those errors. At 2-0, as you said, second half, I thought you were just coming back into it and if you got one, I fancied it was going to be really tight but then they scored again from a corner which is mostly disappointing for you. Yeah, it kills it, you know, a set play. Um, it kills any momentum that we were trying to create in the second half. Keeper makes a terrific save from Alfie McCulmott, which should have been 2-1. Um, when we play on the front foot and are positive, we're a decent side. When we sit back and we're scared and play with fear and, and make negative decisions, you get punished. You know, The fourth goal, show them down the line. The third goal, a set play. Um, the second goal, a missed kick out of the box. You know, People aren't having to create chances. We're giving them chances. That's the, the hard thing to take for me. Um, but listen, we'll pick ourselves up. We'll have to go again. You missed Cole Stockton today. Any news on him? Obviously injured. Um, well, hamstring injury. I have no idea he'll be fit for next week at this stage, so we just have to wait and see. How big a blow would that be for you? It's a huge blow. Um, you know, we, it seemed to be one step forward with injuries, two steps back. Um, you know, it's a constant, constant season of injury after injury after injury. Um, and we can't get any kind of momentum. And obviously Cole doing what he's done already this season is, is a big, big miss. On the positive side, say I thought the midfield three worked really, really hard again. I, I said to them afterwards, I feel sorry for them for that performance. They didn't get 
what they should have done from other players on the pitch. They didn't get the hold up play, they didn't get the runs, they didn't get the work ethic until it was too late. And they showed that at 2 0 down. They showed the work ethic and desire at 2 0 down, which that's too late. You need to do that right from the start. They've done that for 10 minutes, created chances, and then for some reason decided to sit off it. It's still very much a learning curve for a lot of the team here today. But they will learn from that game, won't they? They need to learn quickly because um, we're repeating ourselves over and over again to, to some people. And they, they need to learn what they're very good at. Some players, the hardest bit in football is simplicity and realising what you're good at. And, and some think they're good at certain things that they're not. And, you know, we've tried to help them, continue to try and help them. And as you say, they need to learn quickly. Talking about simplicity, I thought that's what MK Dons did really well. They kept it simple. A good side, look, they've had years to build that. You know, the previous manager built their style. Um, Liam's continued that. And, you know, you could see when they went 2-0 up, they had a control about them. And they controlled the game. They controlled the, a lot of the, the passes of play were clever with what they've done. So that's not by coincidence. That's hard work and time. And that's what uh, you obviously need now at the end of the season. Yeah, listen, we, we have to learn from that. You can't set off teams like MK Dons. They'll pass you to death. I said, I'm repeating myself again, when we pressed and we created chances, we showed a little bit of um, character in the second half for 15, 20 minutes until they scored the third goal. But again, you can see the set play um, and the game's over after that. FA Cup next week, got to build your boys up for that one. Yeah, 100%. It's a, it's a big, big game for us, a big game for the club. Um, an opportunity to get through to the, the next round. So we have to quickly dust ourselves down. But make sure we learn from the, the mistakes we've made in that game and, and people realising what they're good at and do it better. Well, Ryan, a 4 0 home defeat today to MK Dons. Your thoughts on the game? Uh, it's, a, it's a tough one to take. Um, we had our spells in the game, but um, we conceded a few soft goals. Um, and when we, when we were on top, we didn't take our chances. Um, but we've got we've to gotta pick ourselves back up and go again. We've won, been on a quite a good run. Last couple of games, but uh, today's a blip. So hopefully we can we can put this behind us and uh, get back on track next week. What was it like to play out there? Because it was it was cold, it was windy, it was hard hard to watch at times. It must have been hard to play in as well. Uh, no, that's the the weather is no excuse. Um, I think you just you have to play to the conditions. That can't be an excuse uh, today. Um, we just we just conceded four soft goals and. That we've just got to do better as, as a team. The first goal was a bit of a killer because it, it was it was pretty level, pretty equal to then. But uh, once Mo Weiser got in there and got the first goal, it just seemed to turn a bit. Yeah, I think we we started the game quite well. Uh, we pressed them really high up the pitch and we we took the ball off in dangerous uh, areas. Um, and and like you said, that that first goal kind of gave them a foot up because I felt I felt before that we were we were well on top and they they were they were rattled really. I think the killer goal, especially for the game, was, was the third because he was just threatening to get back into it and then to score again from another set piece, that must have been disappointing. Yeah, it is disappointing because we work on it quite a lot in training. Uh, we, we know ourselves uh, that we've conceded far too many set pieces this year um, and it's nothing not working on it. We work on it on a daily basis um, and we've got, we've got to do better um, at defending set pieces because we don't concede uh, many goals from from open play or teams cutting us open, um, but today it has to be um, put behind us and we've got to lift our heads and we've got to go again. Uh, it's a, it's a tough one to take and all the lads are disappointed down the change room, but we, we've got to move on again and push push back onto this league. Looking at the past seven days, a win, a draw, and a loss, you just need that consistency, don't you? Somewhere along the line. 
yeah um, that, that consistency will will help you climb the table and it'll, it'll put you uh, looking, looking up the table instead of looking down um, I feel like the, the squad that we have is good enough um, we just got to get that consistency and push on as a team that, that we know we're capable of doing um, we work hard on a daily basis and everyone always gives 100% so when we get that consistency I feel like that we'll really push on as a team a break now from the league FA Cup next week and uh, I guess that day was a warning that you've got to be at your best next week as well yeah absolutely uh, every game we've got to be fully switched on and next week is no different uh, FA Cup's got massive uh, history behind it and uh, we've really got to be at, at the races uh, next Saturday it's the Shrimps Verdict podcast part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio in just a bit a fantastic chat Shrimps fans with Tom Collins Tom you will probably better know as Shrimps Online great chat with Tom about his analytical previews about being an overseas Morgan fan because Tom actually lives in Peru loads more besides do not miss it an extended chat with Tom coming up on the pod in a few minutes time here at the Mazuma Stadium now, I'm cold, I'm absolutely fed up because we've lost 4-0 to MK Dons here at the Mazuma in League One this afternoon. But not just the defeat, uh, Matt Smith alongside myself, uh, Dave Sowen, uh, the manner of the goals that we conceded once again, old habits die hard and that is the one thing that has to change if we are going to be okay this season. Yeah, um, just as we were thought in recent games that we were away from the problems where we're shooting ourselves in the foot. Again, all four goals really, all uh, preventable goals this afternoon, which is a massive source of frustration. Um, just little uh, little things that we can do so much better in, and then they prove costly every single time this afternoon, unfortunately. It's been the story of the season though, Matt, hasn't it? We have been punished for every single switch off, every single mistake good MK Don side this afternoon you have to say they're going to be there or thereabouts their head coach Liam Manning's got them playing really well really well drilled they play a very precise and particular way but you can't just allow people to have the freedom of the penalty box twice you can't allow a free header from a corner and you can't just switch off from a free kick and all four of those we've been punished you say um, it's just switching off isn't it and, and you can't switch off at this level um, you may have been able to get away with it once or twice in League 2 but it's such a massive step up and every time you do switch off you get punished for it at, uh, in, in League 1 and, and the final goal was the perfect illustration of that you know we switch off for the short free kick and within you know five seconds of balls in the back of the net um, so it's those little moments that we need to be a bit more clever to I think Old habits dying hard then in terms of our concession of our goals. But I thought again, and, and let's look at this glass half full. I thought again, general play for the majority of the game, we more than matched a really good side. There were periods at the start of the game and for the first 15 minutes of the second half came out of the traps really well. Had nothing to lose at 2-0 down, of course, but we still came out of the traps really, really well. And I suppose it could have been different if, if one of our early efforts had got back into it. But we need, to, we need that intensity and we need that determination for the whole 90 minutes and not just in spells yeah that's where the frustration comes from though you know you're more than match aside um, for spells during the game and yet you go on to lose 4-0 that's where it's it's really frustrating um, we, we need to be matching teams for 90 minutes and not just for like large parts of games we need to do it for the full game otherwise you know we'll continue to, to give sloppy goals away like we did this afternoon unfortunately let's talk about the one major issue that's hanging over us 
apart from the 4-0 defeat today, and that's no Cole Stockton. He was here before the game. He was having his pre-match meal with the rest of the squad. All looked okay. The, the, the club have kept it very quiet, his injury, but uh, hamstring issue picked up in training. Another training ground injury, as we understand it. And it, we, we, we missed him today, didn't we? There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, we said in, in the commentary that it's, it, it's now an opportunity for, for other lads to step up and, you know, make a claim to, to try and, uh, you know, get that shirt off Cole Stockton's back. But um, unfortunately, I don't think uh, I don't think any of the boys really did that this afternoon. Um, and that's, again, probably more frustrating for them than, than, than anybody else. But we know what Cole brings to the side. Um, he's a fantastic player. And hopefully we can see him back out there soon rather than later. So listening to Robbo and his post-match there about Cole, Matt, no time scale initially, but I know you can't really say very much as well being uh, your role at the club, but uh, it, it didn't sound great from his, well, or look great from his body language. No, I mean, I think any injury really um, doesn't look great initially. I mean, like I say, I, I, I know very little about it, if, if I'm honest with you. Um, I just hope that like we say, hopefully it's it's one that perhaps seems worse initially, and then you know the the, the more you look into it, it, it could be just something that's you know maybe a, a matter of days slash weeks rather than yeah. weeks slash months. Yeah, fingers crossed because we we really miss Colton. I think as you alluded to there, Matt, it was a chance for others to step up. I don't think they took that opportunity. In fairness to Courtney Dufus, I thought he tried hard. He's still getting up to speed of league football, we need to remember, and he's still getting back from quite a serious injury as well, so perhaps he can be forgiven uh, for that. I thought Wes McDonald looked, uh, looked quite bright at times, one of his better games in a Morecambe shirt, but we, we just lacked that firepower, didn't we? And, and hopefully... Uh, we're going to have to hopefully try and find a resolution to it. Yeah, well, we've got to. You know, we, we can't just settle for, you know, not having our star striker. We've got to find a way around it because otherwise we, we will get caught up in, 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 in a bit of trouble. So it's like we say, we don't have a choice. We've got to try and, and just find our form again rather than just waiting for things to fall our way. We've got to go out in search of it. The gaffer was in, uh, well, in, in a bit of a nondescript kind of mood really came out really quickly after the full-time whistle wasn't angry wasn't obviously he was never going to be in any kind of good mood but he was in a kind of a bit of a mere kind of yeah it's happened again hasn't it kind of situation yeah I mean he's not really the kind of gaffer to, to throw his arms around no, no. is he and no. and come out kicking and screaming but he'll be more frustrated he'll be hurting more than anybody you know because ultimately as he said before it's down to him to put these issues right so he'll be more disappointed than anybody that uh, like we say we've conceded goals in the manner that we have this afternoon for sure we don't need to say anything else about the defence Matt that, that's not already been said countless times already uh, this season because we know where the issues lie it's given away those cheap sloppy goals the, the defendable goals that we could and should do better on so we don't really need to say anything more about that let's look at the midfield though I thought all three uh, really played well again really especially my man on the match and I think yours as well Al- Alfie well, Alfie and Shane pretty equal yeah um I think it, it was touched on after the Charlton game, you know, the, the midfield. I think 
like like the gaffer said, we have struggled for, for consistency throughout the pitch, really, um, because of injuries and, and things like that. But I think one area of the field that we know that we're consistently strong in is the midfield, and it's testament to, to the, the work rate and the effort that the young lads are doing. You know, um, every single one of them offers something different, but it's a really talented group of young lads. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And hopefully, going forward, they, they can drive us on. It's just those mistakes at the back and. Without Cole, the firepower, uh, perhaps up top. So we go into the FA Cup. If we got a positive result today, we could have been six points clear of the bottom four. Would have had two wins and a draw in, in, in a week. Seven points in seven days. That would have been a fantastic return. As it is, with the la- not only the lack of consistency, but also the defeat today and the manner of the defeat as well. Should we be slightly concerned now going into the FA Cup next weekend? Um, I don't know. I think it's one of those where, you know, we, we say it time and time again, you don't get too high when you win, you don't get too low when you lose. I think if you start to overthink the league position and, and the points at the minute, I think you could start to, like we say, overthink it and, and that's the last thing you want to do at this stage of the season. Um, so I think it's just a case of getting back to the training ground and, and trying to right the wrongs again. So finally, Matt glass half full as, as we always try and be on the Shrimps Verdict podcast no matter what the results for those who weren't at the Mazuma Stadium this afternoon what crumbs of comfort can you give Morecambe fans about the, the positive elements of our display today um, I think if you're looking for positives you can look maybe just beyond the performance and, and you know we've not been rolled over by many teams if any this season um, we've, we've turned up and performed well in spells at most games including, um, today. including today of course um, I think the scoreline I think it's a bit harsh maybe I think you look at spells of play that we put together so um, yeah I think uh, I think we've still got a lot to be positive about you know um, we're not we're not stuck right at the bottom of the league you know struggling to find a, a, a win or even a draw you know the past three games win one draw one lose one so we just exactly once we find that consistency I think we'll be we'll be in a lot of a, a stronger position Matt Smith from the Shrimps Media Team. Thanks very much indeed, as ever. Now then, Morecambe fans, uh, a bit of a treat for you now. I've been chatting at length to Tom Collins. You'll know Tom is a lifelong Morecambe fan uh, and is a, an expat, an exile, an overseas shrimp. Uh, he spent uh, a good number of years in Australia. He now resides in Peru. And you might know Tom better as Shrimps Online. Shrimps Online on Twitter and at shrimpsonline.co.uk with his fantastic analytical previews. They go into so much detail before every single Morecambe game. I've been chatting to Tom about a whole range of things about his life, about just why he's so dedicated to doing these analytical previews in such detail. And of course, all things Morecambe FC. It is a fantastic chat. Shrimps fans, sit back and I hope you enjoy. One of my passions away from football is um, travelling and um, I've always wanted to expand and see other, other areas. Um, prior to Peru, I was actually living in Australia for six years um, and one of my personal goals was that I'd always wanted to be a teacher and I'd always wanted to learn Spanish. So I made quite a radical change in my life to exchange the sunny shores of Sydney for um, for Peru and that happened just coming up um, five years ago and so I've been here uh, following the shrimps from South America. Why did you go from Australia to Peru then? What made you make that switch? Was it the, the language thing? Did you get a job? How, how, how did you end up there? 
Oh, good question. Well, a whole bunch of things um, in, it happened all at once. But in short, um, I was doing something like quite a corporate job in Australia, and I just had this burning desire to have a go at doing something else. And um, uh, the teaching had been something that I'd really fancied having a go at. And independently, I spoke to two of, two of my best mates, and they said, um, you should try Peru. And uh, I'd always thought I was very bad at languages. And I felt that actually I want to prove that little devil wrong and I'd love to go and learn a second language and um, which I'm not perfectly, um, perf- I, I don't speak Spanish perfectly or English for that matter. But, um, <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, after five years I can communicate and get by on Spanish. So um, just a whole host of little things that just felt like an adventure. So um kind of like to live my life of uh, living with no regrets and just having a go at doing different things and see what happens, see which ones you enjoy. So you're in Peru now, you've got your job as a, as a teacher and uh, you, you've got your family as well. Yeah, well, um, earlier on this year, I got married um, to um, a Peruvian, Patricia, and um, that should be my last month. Next month, I'll be moving back to the UK early next year. So get to meet a lot of new people through the club and yeah so I've had my life developed out here for five years but looking to move back to Blighty fairly shortly. So while you're still an overseas shrimp then Tom talk us through the life of an of an overseas fan of an of an English football team what does that involve? I mean obviously the obvious change is that you're not physically in the ground you're not um you're not eating the award-winning pies. You're not having a pint with your mate, a pint with your mates before the game. Um, time difference makes um, is really different. Like when I was in Australia, I think it was two or three o'clock in the morning, which made either getting up very very early or, or going to bed very late. Um, but here it's perfect. The time difference um, at the moment is five hours, so a three o'clock game is ten in the morning, which which is really perfect and. Um, I think again became somewhat institutionalized last year with COVID that um, I got into my routine and I, I quite enjoyed it. I could um, kind of anticipate what um, what would be eight o'clock in the morning here, two o'clock your time, to see what the lineup would be um, in eager anticipation, what changes would be made to the team, and then settle down. So it, it kind of just kind of just works. I've, I've been doing the same similar routine for a few years now, and. Um, I think the, the the biggest thing is the movement in technology that with iFollow, it, it just makes you feel so close to it. And then on top of it, I think the club, um, both officially and unofficially, do a top-class job at giving uh, different media insights um, that allow you to feel a little bit closer. Um, for example, the work that Matt Rushton did last year was just world-class in terms of videos produced. Um, you've got the work that you guys do. You've got the, the guys that uh, Shrimps Trust, Shrimp Net do. Plus on top, um, of course, all the official stuff uh, that Ryan and Matt do. There's so much content. We've gone from, um, you know, the early days of just having very little content yeah. to now almost flooded with content. And it, it just makes uh, the ability of someone that's living thousands of miles away to to really keep in touch and feel connected to the club, which um, which is great. And then on top of that, I have long-standing friends of the club that allow me to keep in touch and also new people that I've met 
through doing shrimps online. Yeah, we'll talk about your uh, shrimps online analysis in just a tick. But let's just move away from from Morecambe for a moment, Tom, if we may. Do you have a, a local Peruvian team, and, and and what is the local football scene like, or is, is there one? I do have a local side. They've not been playing um, with fans in for a while now, and they don't have a Peruvian eye follow, uh, sadly. Um, they're called Juan One Arich. Um, I'd say the standard or the pitches are not great, but it's just I, I love watching any football. Um, yeah, I can take it in. I just like getting to games and. Um, yeah, in terms of uh, the Peruvian leagues, yeah, it's it, it's good. I, it hasn't gripped me, um, to be honest. I, I I still find myself way more interested in EFL. Um, so if there was a game on TV locally here, then um, I'd probably still spend that time watching random League One game over that game. That being said, what I um, what I would um, add is. When the national side are playing, it is a special place that most Peruvians have uh, a shirt, a fake shirt that they've spent about 30 soles on. Um, they really do get excited. There's like uh, there's an excitement a couple of days b- before any game. And if you're in your house and there's a goal, I remember one game I forgot there was a game on. And um, I was just in my house, and when they scored, you, I, mean, I live in a small town, but you could hear the roar of the town when they scored. So they're very, very passionate. And if you remember back to the last World Cup in Russia, I think the, after the Russians, they had the most fans at the World Cup because I think they, they were there for the first time in 36 years. Uh, people had sold houses and cars to get over there. Um, so they're, they're they're very passionate about the football over in uh, in Peru, um, and I think they're, they're starting to look like they might even qualify for next World Cup with a if if results can go that way as well. So, so let's go back to all things Morecambe then, Tom. Shrimps online, tell us everything we need to know about it. Most Morecambe fans will read your previews and, and know of of the existence, of course. But first and foremost, why did you come up with the concept, and how did it all come about? wasn't really a planned thing, to be honest, Dave. The, um, I've always been obsessed with the detail of football. And um, when I was in Australia, uh, for example, I, I did my sea license uh, just because I wanted to learn more about the game. Um, I love the intricacies of football. And um, on top of that, like the analytics, all the little things that go on, um, I love the strategy about it. I love how how these extremely smart managers are trying to outwit each other with tiny little decisions and things like that. I mean, um, I've got to give Derek Adams a lot of credit as well because um, I was able to, by watching the game so closely last year, you were really able to, to almost see the moves he was making. A lot of what the decisions he was making were extremely logical. Um, and I think that's continued. You can start to see. It's taken me a little bit of time to to learn about uh, Robo, Steve Robinson, and and I just love that element of the strategy and why players have done certain things, why managers have selected certain things. And I guess uh, I started it last year just because I wanted a way to express myself, and then it, it just kind of expanded by accident, really. 
So we've got the website, we've got the Twitter feed, Shrimps Online. And I must say, Tom, I'm not just saying it's because you're on. It's absolutely phenomenal. The, the level of detail of the analysis and everything that goes along with that. I remember you text me a few weeks ago and you went, oh, this was quite a brief one. It only took me nine hours to do it. <laughs> I was like, whoa, okay. But you can really see the level of detail that you properly drill down into the real nuts and bolts and the real nitty gritty of everything, everything that we need to know and loads of stuff that we didn't know that we needed to know, but it's great that we do know. I kind of take the, with what I do in life, I like to think that if you're going to do it, you've got to do it properly. And, um, and if I did it half measured, it wouldn't be what I want to do. It would either be, it would have to be that way or I just wouldn't do it. And I just think the game is so beautiful that if you do do uh, a bit of a half-baked effort, then it doesn't do do it justice. Um, what I like to hopefully portray in the previews that I do, so just for those that might not have read it, I, I've taken a structure that I like to try and predict what the lineups of both teams would be with the assistance of um, an opposition fan, hopefully someone very knowledgeable. Uh, then look at the strengths of the opposition, the weaknesses, uh, the opportunities against them and the threats that they're going to offer to us. And um, what uh, I like to hopefully portray, so I don't have all the answers. I just like to potentially present the facts yeah. and then hopefully we can see certain patterns. Um, for example, last night I put in my preview that I noticed that um, when I watched the back of the whole game of, um, who was it? It was when uh, Charlton beat Plymouth. Yeah. I noticed that Jai Simi was just, their tactic was get the ball out to him out wide. I think in the first half, he put in 14 crosses, seven of which were successful. Mm. Lo and behold, saw last night in the first minute, he's put <laughs> a cross in that has accidentally gone in the goal. And, um, you know, it's just trying to piece it all together and see, try and predict what might happen. Don't have all the answers. If I don't get the lineups right, I'm not upset by it as long as there's some rationale to it. Um, but yeah, I just um, I just love the game and I love the, the club and I love learning about um, the league in general. I think I love the fact we're in League One, that we're, we're playing against these magic magical sides. And yeah, it's just, I'm constantly trying to learn and improve what I do and my knowledge. Um, I don't have all the answers, but I like to try and ask the questions and find some more ideas. I think for me, Tom, it's, it's it's those extra details that whether you're a member of the media or whether you're a fan watching it live on the telly or, or, or actually at the game itself, it's those extra levels of detail which you don't realise that you need to know, if, if that makes sense. But when you read the preview, you go, oh, yeah, actually, do you know what? Yeah. And, and it's those extra touches that, for me, sort of make it stand out. Well, I always think if you're going to write an article or do anything, whether um, I used to be in sales, um, and one piece of advice someone told me once upon a time was, try if you go to a meeting, try and tell someone um, a piece of information about their own company that they didn't know. And what I want to do is try and hopefully bring at least one thing that someone's come away from that preview and think, oh, that's interesting. I haven't thought about that. Mm. 
Um, and if I could do that at least once, then it's, it's added some value to some to someone. And um, I think the detail is important. The detail is massively important. People um, and the way the game is going, it's going more analytical. Mm. But um, that it is the way. Um, I do use. Um, I invested in uh, Y Scout, which has been very very useful to try and get the details. Um, and I'll just try and pick pick up as much data as possible. But um, yeah, I, 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 hopefully it's just interesting to people. I, like I said, I don't have all the answers, but I like to try and ask the right questions and um, and hopefully learn along the way. I think to me, Tom, that's the thing, isn't it? It's You're not going to know the answers. You can't read Stephen Robinson's mind. You, you don't know whether he's going to have a last-minute change of formation or he's going to opt to pick one player over another at the last moment. Nobody knows that until 2 o'clock on, on a Saturday afternoon, do they? I think, like you say, that the whole ethos of it it's the rationale it's the logical explanation but the de- the level of detail i know i keep going back to this but and i know other people have said this to you as well it's the level of detail and you bring it up on on, on the on the website and it's you scroll and you scroll and you scroll and it goes on and on and on and on and on <laughs> um, which to me is absolutely fantastic and, uh, and and long may that continue i know it's a i know it's a labor of love maybe in a couple of years time you might be Morecambe football club's official club analysis who, who can tell but uh, I, I know at the moment a lot of a lot of effort goes in and I know it's it's really appreciated by uh, by fans and and members of the media alike. So uh, fantastic stuff. Thank you. Um, yeah, just I'm going to just keep doing what I'm doing and uh, enjoying the process, enjoying um, doing it, and hopefully adding some value. But I enjoyed the process of doing it. Um, I would like to give a shout out to someone if if possible, Dave. Um, I have um, there's an expat out here called uh, Chris Lappin. Who's a West Ham fan? Who who really is um, a, a massive support. He does my proofreading, and um, typically the previews are like four four and a half thousand, five thousand words. So at times he's been uh, he's been doing a thesis of uh, proofreading, yeah. and he's also and what's actually much what's amazing. He came round to watch the game yesterday, and he was making observations based on a combination of his eye test and having read the preview so uh, a big shout out to um, I think quite often you're only as good as the people around you that support you plus uh, my wife Patricia who's incredibly understanding so <laughs> and all the pe- all the people I communicate with back in the UK that I bounce ideas off about um, about what might happen so um, but yeah, I'm glad it's appreciated and um, I'll just continue doing what I'm doing because it's it's a, a labour of love. And where do we find it? Most people know, of course, listening to this right now, but uh, where do we find your online channels, Tom? Well, it all started on, um, so for Twitter, please give it a follow. It's at Shrimps, Shrimp, Shrimps Online. Uh, and I do have a website, shrimpsonline.co.uk. So please give me a follow there and love to hear any feedback, whether you agree or disagree. Always, always, everyone's got their opinions are always welcome to them. And um, I I will discuss anything with anyone if there's a reasoned argument between them. So really look, um, enjoy any kind of online uh, debates or discussions. So hopefully um, you can find the preview at shrimpsonline.co.uk and uh, hopefully it'll be enjoyable to some people. Right, well, let's talk about the season then. I think it's only fair. We are, what, 
more than a third of the way through the campaign now. And I think we said before the Ipswich game kicked off uh, way back in the first week in August that it was going to be a roller coaster of a season. We were going to have great highs. We we're going to have great days out home and away. We we're going to have crushing lows and, and, and probably heavy defeats along the way as well. Where we are at this point of the campaign, Tom, how do you assess it? And are you, in your opinion, do are, are we where you thought we would be or are we better or worse than where you thought we might be? I think we're where we are, where, where I thought we'd be and um, perhaps actually slightly overachieving what I thought we'd be. Um, I think it, sometimes it's easy to get wrapped up with excitement because we... We did build a fantastic squad. I remember, um, you know, signing players like Alfie McCalman, for example. I remember thinking, "Wow," and many more. But that particular signing was like, "Wow, this is." We're, we're signing players like Alfie McCalman. Take him as an example as a player that Leeds United have a pathway potentially to being a Premiership player. Yeah, uh, and this was. For me, this was changing the pedigree of player that we're going after now. Um, so I was extremely excited going into the season. On the flip side, League One is, is so competitive that across the whole league, teams have built great squads. You've got on the, at the top, you've got the likes of Sunderland, Ipswich, uh, Wigan, etc. etc. MK Dons. These are side big sides with big budgets and then even you know sometimes it's easy to think oh we'll turn up to Cheltenham and just get three points but they've got a top manager who knows how to win football matches and so there's just no easy games just as if someone comes to the Mizuma Stadium hopefully we're not just going to give them three points if they're going to take three points you're going to have to work for them so bringing back to the question I think we're we are really where I would expect us to be, or a little bit earlier, in context of the fact that we've had to build an entirely new squad. I counted 17 new players. I might be off by one or two, but that's a massive, massive thing. And and we're not going to potentially get all of those right. But to come in with a new manager, with new signings, compared to established sides at League One level, at a new level, I think we're doing really well and hopefully just these last couple of results gives us a platform to build on to move forward. I think as, as Stephen Robinson has said, he's not going to have got every single signing right. We know the players, I suppose, who, well, let's say, need to do a little bit more than what they've currently shown. And we also know the players who, on early indications, we think, yeah, do you know what? That, that He's a footballer. And it is going to be a mixed bag. It is what it is because we are more common and, and the budget and everything else that goes with that. But at the same time, we need to keep remembering that we are now a league one football club. And I personally, I still pinch myself that, that we say we're a league one, league one more than football club. It, it's, it still doesn't quite seem real. No, like Charlton athletic in my mind, just you, how, like, if you just think of the first thing you think of is you remember you know, like I said, Alan Curvishley in Premier League, like with as a Premier League club, and you know, being Sheffield Wednesday at home. These it feels like every all the time we're making history within our club, and um, yeah, it's 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 very hard to believe, but um, I think there has to be as well. Like um, 
a lot of credit given to the club as a whole that um, off the field, they've really accelerated a lot of the work. Um, and we, I mean, Stephen Robbins is always very complimentary about how much the board have backed him up in terms of the players. We obviously can't go too crazy because we are what we are. But I mean, I think one of those moments was when we sold like two and a half thousand, 2,600 season tickets, which is incredible. That's insane. That's insane level of support that we've um, managed to engage in the town and hopefully give the town a team to be proud of. And I felt like a Fleetwood hopefully could be a little bit of a monumental moment that people um, are going away with Morecambe and, and, and a, a younger element to myself now uh, that I've become one of the oldies that they're ex- really excited by their, their, you know, all over social media, the, le- the week leading up to the Fleetwood game was just how excited they were for the game. And, um, you know, the, hopefully over the years now, it's going to be, you're seeing a lot more Morecambe shirts as opposed to Man United Liverpool shirts. There's a real pride in, in the club that we're a league one side um, going head to head. You know, we've gone head to head with, with an ex-premiership side on multiple um, last night, and then we've t- we've done that on multiple occasions this season. Um, it, it just fills me with pride um, with all the work that's going on, and we deserve a League One football club. I think that's it, Tom, isn't it? It's being in the division, and I think for me, it's arguably the strongest League One in terms of the makeup of the size that that has ever been. Certainly, in terms of what I suppose I would describe as heritage teams, the former Premier League clubs, the Charltons, the Sheffield Wednesdays, the Ipswiches, et cetera, et cetera. But also the slightly less fashionable size, the Plymouths, MK Dons, others who have at Wickham's have also got really, really strong squads. That makes our task even harder. So, Okay, early season optimism aside and, and, and the solid start we had, it's always been that focus, hasn't it, of if we are 20th on the 30th of April, it's absolutely job done. Whichever way we manage to achieve it, it's absolutely job done. Yes, in, in a nutshell, I'd, I'd snap your hands off straight away. And um, speaking to some people as well, um, that um, when, when they looked at uh, Stephen Robinson at Motherwell, that they they said that what they've seen at Morecambe in terms of some of the patterns, they saw the same thing in the first 12 months. So um, once he's actually allowed to, to given the time to bed his methods, his way, that, you know, if we can just get past this season, stay sticking Lee one, um, that the, he'll have the players, he'll know who's, Who's really up for it? Who's really up for the fight? When the going gets tough, who's going to do the things he, he wants? Who's going to take on board the instructions he gives to them? He's going to have a better idea. I mean, he signed up very quickly, had, had to make assessments on current players, the ones he wants. Um, for example, Cole Stockton managed to convince him to do a two-year deal. That looks like the, the contract of the century at the moment. Um, but given, given once he's got another the, the time... Um, that he he will be able to embed more his philosophy with time, um, his 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 attacking philosophy of getting this four three three and really going at, at sides once he's got all the right people in the building. Um, but on top of that, I mean the, the appointment of Martin Foyle, 
is again a, a big commitment for the off-field stuff to show that we're, we're, we're not just a one-season team, hopefully, that we're, 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 we're providing facilities that Stephen Robinson and his team can succeed, not just this season, but seasons beyond that. Um, I mean, we talk about 17 new players. How many players would you have to speak to in order to get 17 to science? How many agents would they have to speak to? I think they did it within most of those players were signed within a few weeks. So if they've got the odd one that's not quite worked out, and also we kind of probably got in our minds some players that might have to exit in January. There's still games to play. People might shock us. I mean, Callum Jones was in no one's plans. All of a sudden, he's a, a, a crucial part of the team. Yeah. So nothing's certain at the moment. But in a nutshell, staying in League One, we've got the right team in place. Bringing on Martin Foyler's recruitment seems like a, a masterstroke. But if we can just get that 20th position or above, then um, I feel that we'll be in a really good position to go on and become a regular League One side and a sustainable League One side. Let's look at what we've currently got in the building. Who, first and foremost, has impressed you so far this season? Well, Stockton's done okay, hasn't he? He's not bad, has he? Not bad? <laughs> um, well, I mean, Gold Stockton's catching the headlines globally at the moment. Um, I'm going to see, I'll soon be selling Cold Stockton shirts in Peru. He's going, he's going that many wonder goals. Um, yeah, his form has clearly been amazing. That Everything hits goes in. Um, and he just seems like a really grounded lad. You see that he's just he getting is. on with his job and um, getting to it. Um, who else has really impressed me? Shane McLaughlin. Yeah, absolutely. Um, prior to his injury, he's one of our best players. Yeah. Um, what I love about Shane, it's it's the temptation is to talk about Shane McLaughlin and just being the fiery, put your foot in, tackling player. I think there's so much more to his game than that. That um, He's a really technically good player. I remember when we announced that we, we'd signed him, that I, I looked at him and it, one of the first things that came across, he's got a really good touch of the ball and his, his ability to pick a pass with both both feet was exceptional. And I also think we potentially missed his forward passing. We don't really think of him as that, but a number of times our game He's, he's often almost like watching, um, imagining American football that we're playing for yards sometimes. Yeah. We play the ball into feet with Cole, back to goal. Play the ball uh, to um, a younger, back to goal. You play the ball to now Courtney, back to goal. And it's those balls into feet that need to be accurate to the right places to get us 10 yeah. yards up the field. So he's a big component. Who else has really impressed me? Um, big fan of um, Arthur Nahua. I think uh, his, his game has gradually got better yeah. as the season went on. He looked early on like a player that could do something special and his work rate was brilliant, but the end product wasn't there. But slowly but surely, with a bit more assurance um, that his end products got there. Um, I mean, Alfie McCalman, he's starting to come into his own. That um, I was really trying to understand what kind of player he is. And now you can see his classes bit by bit now he's got that confidence and run of games. Um, I feel like I'm going to miss out players because there's been so many um, good yeah, things has, to yeah, talk absolutely. about. Tumani, Diagra, Diagra, Tombs, um, et cetera, et cetera. But um, it's real team effort. And I'm sure I've missed out some players there. But um, there you go. But there's been, been lots of positives to build on. 
for uh, going on to the rest of the season. I agree with every player you've said. I'm also going to put Greg Lee into that category. Yeah, sorry, Greg I'm, Lee. I'm, Greg and I'm also going to put uh, Anthony O'Connor into that category as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's hard to name all of them. I mean, um, Anthony uh, O'Connor has had his critics, uh, including myself, but sometimes yeah. he's he would take it on the chin that sometimes he hasn't given the best performances, uh, but also he's, he's given phenomenal performances at the same time. Um, I mean, he's really given us a number of nine out of 10 performances, including last night, where he was, he was blocking everything that came to him. Um, so, uh, yeah, Greg Lee, again, uh, looks like a player that could um, go on to a higher level. Um, yeah, it's hard to really pick out particular players to, in, in that circumstances. That's why I said I'd probably miss someone. But, um, yeah, lots and lots of positives to build on. And uh, hopefully one or two might surprise us. You, you never know, you might get someone like Josh McPake come back from injury and shockers and then off the bench, score a couple of goals. Next thing, he, he's um, play of the week. You don't know. There's, there's still a lot of games that. between now and January. So let's look at the, uh, at the transfer window then, Tom. What areas do you think that we need to strengthen? What areas do you think Robbo is going to be looking at? For me, there are potentially four players coming in. I think he's going to look at strengthening the goalkeeper position. He's definitely going to be trying to bring in another centre-half to partner O'Connor. He's definitely going to be looking for what I would call an Alex Kenyon-style dirty midfielder, in inverted commas. And he's going to be looking for a little bit more creativity from a wide position that may or may or, or forward position, which might be John O'Beaker, of course. Uh, but certainly those four areas for me is where Martin Foyle's going to be significantly looking between now and January. I think we're talking on the same page, to be honest. I think they're exactly the, the areas that I would say. I think um, defensively, we just need someone to be aggressive in the air. That's the, the one area I think um, you notice it when we play other sides, like that both in our own box and um, in in their box, attacking corners, we just we barely ever get the first header. Um, one player that's actually doing that is Greg Lee at the moment. Greg Lee, uh, he's an exceptional header of the ball, but that's one area we have to strengthen where we have to get a, a centre-back that's that loves that role. Um, back, a, back a few years ago, we had Jim Bentley and, and Dave Artell and their job. I remember Jim Bentley when uh, he was playing back at Christie Park. Every time the ball came in the box, there was like a magnet towards his head. That's what he needs, someone at centre-back that just will get his head on everything and, um, and, and move the ball away. I'd say with the defensive midfield spot, um, I agree again. Um, James has got plenty more in him. He's a fantastic player. He's also 34. So actually having a natural, um, uh, a natural, uh, what's the word? Uh, someone that can, that can come in and, and be an understudy to him anyway, yeah. regardless of the need would be a useful addition. Um, and I think, again, we talk about centre-backs needing to head the ball, having a defensive midfielder that can head the ball. Jan Song, we've got his head on absolutely everything last year. So that could be an opportunity. If you could have another two players in the building that can head, get their head on everything, it could transform the team. It could transform the team. If we start conceding these stupid goals from set pieces, then all of a sudden the confidence, whole confidence of the team lifts. And we know we can score. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think the goalkeeper position has um, got two great goalkeepers. Uh, Jokel's had a shape last night. I still think there's a great goalkeeper. You've got to remember he's only 20 years old. Yeah. Um, I think the, the fact that we're not sure who our number one is would suggest that we're in need of another keeper. Um, if we were like, could hang our hat and say one keeper is our number one, then it would suggest we've got yeah. a keeper with all the right abilities. That's not to say that um, the two that we have can't be a, make a big impact on the team, but it's an area that we can strengthen. Um, I would say the other area, and you've touched on it already, we've got Courtney coming back. Um, I would say a little bit of creativity, someone's going to open up a side. Um, that we do have lots of options, but someone that in Robbo's system, it's about um, putting players in the back foot, having a lot of pace, and just someone that's going to really scare fullbacks, yeah. um, which we might have in the bill. It was someone that's offered something a little bit different. I, I kind of put um, a younger and courtly in the same box of being that kind of hybrid between a striker and a winger. Yeah. Um, perhaps another, someone more in the element of a Josh McPake, whether it's Josh McPake steps up and does the job that we thought we, we know he can do or we think he can do, or someone of that mould, that's what I'd be looking for. It could be Josh McPake could come back in the next few days, back from injury, score a few, and we think, job done. Problem solved. If, if not, they're the key areas that I would look to strengthen. The, the, the bottom line there for me, Tom, is we are, first and foremost, we are a good side. Most of Robbo's signings have so far proven to be good signings. Not all of them, most of them. And we are not too far away. I think if we were in a position where we were thinking he's going to need to bring 10 players in here in the window, otherwise we are definitely relegated. Allah potentially, like other sides currently in the bottom four in League One, it might be a different conversation. But the fact is, it is just a little tinker. It is only going to be three or four, if that. And hopefully that's going to make the difference to the quality, and it is the quality, that we already have in the squad. Yeah, completely agree. Um, with, hopefully it's more like tweaks as opposed to wholesale changes. Mm. Um, another thing to consider is um, that... We're not the only side that's in this. I know, for example, Doncaster, Gillingham um, have had a horrendous run of injuries. So we're not the only side in this situation. Yeah. But we've barely picked the same back five two games in a row. Um, when I say back five, I include the keeper in that. Yeah. And um, those relationships are key. And I'm not just talking the defensive relation. I'm talking about all over the pitch. If you play the same right back and the same right forwards, um, they're going to understand what runs are there. For example, the right right, um, right back, um, last night you started to see um, uh, McLachlan, yeah. McLachlan um, putting those loopy balls around the corner for Jonah Young's second half. And once they make those connections and have that continuity together, you start to see a better run. Look at the side we came up against um, last night. You'd never know that that was a Charlton side playing uh, the sixth League One game for their manager, they looked like a side that was well oiled. Yeah, they were safe, um, weren't they? And I think, and 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 that's down to having that continuity. And hopefully now, um, injury permitting, that Robert knows what players he can he's got trust in. Um, in the second half of the season, we can have a lot more continuity. 
um, and then build those relationships. The one area that I think they're just missing at the moment from a performance perspective is that final ball. <laughs> but last night we got, we managed with great spirit, we got back into the game and uh, showed great endeavour, great defending. And then Charlton started to look on the back foot. 2-2, we could at stages have bro- um, managed to break on them and counter on them. And there's just either a little bit of lack of, qu- not quality, but just a lack of indecision or yeah. something where we're just not quite picking the right path. Um, that goes on for you. Then we potentially go and win that game 4-2, four, 4-3. Four, four, mm. And I'm hoping that as we get more of a settled side in both in all areas of the pitch, that those understandings can come to fore and that we'll, we'll not only become a better unit defensively, but we'll be a better unit going forward as well. Um, so hopefully that will be something we can look out for in the second half of the season. What do we do, Tom, if we end up losing Cole Stockton in January? And I know he's not going to go for peanuts. We don't need to sell him for peanuts. But what if a ridiculous offer comes in, one that we can't refuse? What do we do then? Extremely difficult, isn't it? it because isn't it? It's, a, it's, it's that balance between no one wants to sell a player in that form. Um, I would do absolutely everything in our power not to do um, because he's going to be a huge part in, in keeping us in League One and the financial benefits of being in League One uh, that we're building in, building up to off the field rely, well, heavily, heavily focused around the League One football club. Yeah. Um, so ideally, we want to outprice the sides. Um, don't like to talk about a player moving on at all, but if he was to move on, the summer would be a lot more appropriate when we've got proper time to plan. Um, like the worst situation would be that he's left on the very last window that a team comes in and gives an offer we can't refuse on the last day of the window. What do you do then? So it's it's challenging. It's a real. I think it's it's somewhat of a headache, um, but maybe it'd be a nice headache because but if his players club still after him at the end of January, it means he's probably scored another five goals. But absolutely, um, it is a real headache. What to do because everyone has the price. Everyone has the price, so it, it, we can't say we can't sell him. That's that, that's ridiculous talk. But at the same stage, you've got to also price up how much value he brings to side and how much he's going to allow us to stay in the league. Yeah. I don't feel um, Touchwood is the type of player to agitate for a move either. No, no. Um, so, but if 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 the worst was to happen, then. We do have some good players in the. If we do have players in the building, we've got Jonathan Abika coming back. Um, we've got Courtney Doofus there. Um, we've got Jonah Younger for me. Who between um, after Cole, Jonah Younger and Ryan Cooney are probably our most saleable assets. Yeah. Like jo- Jonah Younger has got all the raw ability to go. For me, he's got, he could be a championship player if he can he can, can piece it all together. Um, but if Cole has gone, then we've Hopefully, we've got a um, contingency plan. Contingency plan that if that was to happen, is there another player that we can bring in? Um, it's not an easy conundrum. No. Um, and we won't be the only teams in that position. Um, 
but we we need to we need to keep them as much as possible. Um, but yeah, there's no easy there's no easy answer to that question, I'm afraid. So prediction time then, Tom. Are we going to be a league on football club next season? It's a it's a resounding yes from me. Yes. It's been a learning process. We've started to the management will start to understand who they can trust and who who the players are they can hang a hat on. Um players like um I've mentioned before, McLaughlin, that you're gonna get a consistent seven out of ten. Cole Stockton, you're gonna get a seven out of ten every game. Uh, Anthony O'Connor, you're starting to see these players that are really showing that they want to play for Morecambe and they're going to do absolutely everything. I mean, Anthony O'Connor is a great case for you. I've been critical of Anthony O'Connor because sometimes he's switched off in games and we've conceded goals on the base of that. But then you look at the passion he's shown to win absolutely everything on the pitch last night. So Robbo's learning who he can trust and who's, who really wants to wear the red of Morecambe. So that's a component. We've also got players that have never played a League One level before, so they're getting used to the level. Um, so I think hopefully we know who we can trust, and then maybe adding a couple, couple more players, get a couple more players in key positions in, and we're going to go from strength to strength. We've got the right management team. We've got a great set of fans that are going to get behind the, the team, home and away. And there's so much exciting stuff going off the, the off the field. First time. One of the first times we've had a head of recruitment. Um, so much exciting stuff. I feel like the club is united as well. That's really key Absolutely. part. That um, There's no factions in the club, but everyone's striving for the same thing. And I think that's just kind of going to come together. Whether we stay up on goal difference, I just don't care at this Maybe. point. We just, yeah, we'll stay up. We're going to stay up. We'll keep finding results. We'll probably have another rough patch, at least another rough patch. We've got to stick together. We've got to realise it's part of the process. We're in a very difficult division stick together get behind the players and um yeah stay up this year and build from there to become a sustainable league one football club tom it's been great to talk to you i could talk to you for hours and hours and hours about all things football <laughs> and, and properly drill down into every single element of the football club so uh, thanks very much for coming on my final question to you is uh, it's a personal question actually uh tell us about your future plans you've been a uh, uh, well, an exile, an expat, a, an overseas shrimp, however you want to describe it, for more than a decade now. But I suppose you are looking forward to finally coming home next year. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a mixture of emotions, really. I've got my proven family here and um, it just feels like, I guess, during this this time where I've been pretty closed in for two years, that it just uh, makes you reevaluate a lot of aspects of your life. And... Um, I've always been someone that's darting around going to different countries, um, but I desperately miss um, some of the home comforts, including family. So, getting back home, getting back to Blighty, and setting up uh, setting up base back home, and um, just re-engaging with um, lots of friends and family. So, um, ex- excited to be back back home and and uh, see some of the home comforts, such as the Morecambe Award-winning pie. <laughs> <laughs> At the Mazuma, Tom, are you uh, are you a terrace man, or will you be on the barter card on the Berlin Wall, or uh, are you a little bit posher than that? Good question. Good question. I think. I, hmm, it's a good question. <laughs> my gut feel is I'm probably in the stand because I feel like my priorities have changed. That um, <laughs> you want to get I just want to see want to see a good view of the game. Want to see a good view of the game, and I feel like 
you don't always get that from behind the goal. So I tend to feel that that would be the area. I do love a champ. Um, so it, it's a mixture. Maybe I'll mix, mix the two up. <laughs> but um, yeah, good question. Nice, nice questions to have because uh, it's quite hard to, to make those decisions from uh, South America. Do you have a, a target game where you are going to be back at the Mazuman before the end of the season? I, I, to be honest, I don't. It's all still, uh, plans all coming together, but um, as soon as I'm there, I'll be getting to as many games as possible because uh, absolutely desperate to um, just get involved in the social aspects as well, yeah. having um, meeting everyone and just enjoying the bands. I mean, um, Morecambe Football Club's always been a big part of my life, even far away. I mean, going back to the days of Christie Park, like it was just such a good escape of everything going down Christie Park on the Saturday and there by two o'clock onwards and um, I felt like I knew a few hundred people there without even knowing the names like it's just saying hello have a conversation yeah. um, and it's really special we've got something special we've got um, you know sometimes people you know abuse Morecambe and say so many negative things about Morecambe and it we've got we've got something to be proud of and um, it's, a, it's a brilliant community club community club uh, and what's particularly exciting is the direction that we're, we're going that you can see the vision that we seem to be a club that's uh, maintaining the aspects of the club of the old um, the, the good things that make it enjoyable mm. from a fans experiencing and then modernizing it too and hopefully bring marrying those two things together bringing the tradition with the new aspects and making it a great experience for people uh, including the on-field stuff, yeah. we've got a real special product. Like I said, having pretty much sold, sold out Fleet, I think we sold out Fleetwood away, 1,100 fans, that's something to really get behind. You've got this new generation of fans that are proud to get behind the club home and away and make, an, uh, make a killer atmosphere. I mean, 2,600 season tickets was incredible and um, long may it continue absolutely long long long-winded answer but um really looking forward to getting back stuck into it and meeting everyone and tom if you uh, if you do get back in plenty of time before the end of the season you'll be very welcome uh, in the shrimps live commentary box you can come and uh, summarize anytime you like with myself and matt thank you very much that's that's very kind thank you for having me on and uh, hopefully uh it'll be one or two uh, interesting bits and pieces Tom Collins, Shrimps Online, super analysis. Where do we find once more uh, your work? Uh, give us a sales pitch one more time. If you want to get a match preview, previews come out for a Tuesday game, Tuesday morning, Saturday games are on Friday morning, and you can find the previews at www.shrimpsonline.co.uk. Or if you want to follow the regular updates, then it'll be at, at Shrimps Online on Twitter and um, look forward to engaging you guys there. Fantastic, Tom. Thank you so much. Uh, for, I've kept you far longer than I anticipated. So, well, apologies about that, but I think we're both the same that we could just talk about this kind of stuff all day and all night. So thanks for coming on and uh, I'm looking forward in the in the coming months to uh, meeting you in person. You can buy me a pint and uh, you can come on to, uh, onto Shrimps Live as well. So thank you very much indeed. That was perfect. Great. Thank you, Dave. Much appreciated. Hope you enjoyed that, Shrimps fans, an extended chat 
with Tom Collins, aka Shrimps Online, his fantastic analytical detail previews uh, before every single Morecambe game. I'm really looking forward to meeting Tom. Uh, he can definitely buy me a pint and we'll do our best uh, to get Tom on one of our commentaries on Shrimps Live between now and the end of the season once he returns back to the UK. Tom, thank you so much for taking the trouble uh, to be on the pod. We really, really appreciate it. And of course, thanks very much indeed for your company as well. We always appreciate your ears. Take care and we'll speak to you next time. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. Radio.